KMTT. This is KMTT, and this is Ezra Beck, and today is Monday, Chaf Aleph Tammuz. Today's Shia, Shia of Rav Benjamin Tavori, the weekly mitzvah for Pashat Matot Masay. After the Shia of Rav Tavori, I'll be back with the Medrash Yomi, the Medrash of the day. At the end of Parashat Matot Masei, the instructions are given for Bnei Israel to enter Eretz Israel. The Torah says, V'rashtem v'shavtemba. The literal translation is, you should inherit the land and live within. We will discuss the mitzvah of Yishuv Eretz Israel, the mitzvah of settling, of living in Eretz Israel. And besides the concept of Talmud Torah that's involved in any shiur, there's a special concept of giving a shiur about Eretz Yisrael, a concept of Drishat Zion, of expounding upon Eretz Yisrael to be involved with Eretz Yisrael through Torah. The Gemara quotes a pasuk that Eretz Yisrael, to the effect that there is no Doresh, for Tzion, no one is inquiring, no one is asking, no one is questioning, no one is involved. Michlal Dudrisha Bay. Apparently, there's a special kiyum, there's a special purpose in Dudrisha Tzion in being involved in talking about Eretz Israel, even if one doesn't live there. So we'll discuss the mitzvah of Yeshuv Eretz Israel, and of course, we'll begin with the Ramban who elaborates upon the Pasuk that we just quoted, The Ramban, as is well known, the Ramban in Sefer HaMitzvos points out that the Rambam left out certain mitzvos. The phrase that's found in the Ramban is, Mitzvos say sheshochachos Rambam. Mitzvos say that the Rambam forgot. Obviously, the Rambam did not forget. It's not a question simply of that the Rambam wasn't aware of the concept of the mitzvah, we will discuss later the possible reasons that the Rambam omitted this mitzvah. But the Ramban, in the end of the section of Mitzvot say, the Ramban lists off the mitzvahs the Rambam forgot, or did not count. And the fourth one, the Ramban, as a matter of fact, is, as a matter of fact waxes quite eloquent about this mitzvah. And he says, The fourth mitzvah is that we are commanded to inherit the land which HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave to our fathers, Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov, not leave it in the hands of others, of other nations, or for desolation. Apparently, there are two parts of the mitzvah, according to the Ramban. One is not to leave the land in the hands of others. That means to conquer the land, to inherit the land, take over the land. The other is to develop the land, to live in it and develop it. Do not leave it lishmama, do not live it, do not leave it in a state of desolation. And the Rambam said, the Ramban again will go through this a number of times, and he will summarize at one point, We are commanded to conquer it and to dwell in it. And the Ramban, as I said, 
is very eloquent and says that mitzvah shechamim mafligba v'idirat eretz Yisrael ad shamru shekada yotzei mimena v'dar b'chutz la'aretz yebinecha kovei d'avodah zara. The chachamim, this mitzvah was so elaborated upon by chachamim, and so far they went so far as to say that a person who leaves Eretz Yisrael and goes to live outside Eretz Yisrael in Chutz Laretz is almost as if he served the Vodazara. And he mentions the idea of people who leave Eretz Yisrael of crying, tearing their clothes. And they, the end of the Ramban is Shkula Yeshivat Eretz Yisrael Kinegi Kol Mitzvah Shibat Torah. This is one of the mitzvahs. It's an, obviously an arithmetic impossibility. But Chachamim mentioned a few times that a certain mitzvah is equated with the entire gamut of Torah mitzvah. The uh, one of them is, of course, this mitzvah of Yishuvayit Israel, and therefore the Ramban says it's a, a very great mitzvah. Besides the fact that there is a mitzvah of living in Eretz Yisrael, the mitzvah of conquering it and living it, there are other halachic ramifications of this mitzvah. We'll discuss today only one of them, that the, the Gemara in Gitten says that a person who buys land in Eretz Yisrael is allowed even to transgress an Isra Rabbanan. The, according to the simple interpretation of the Gemara, the Gemara says that you can tell a non-Jew to sign a deed on Shabbos, to transfer property, and the simple interpretation of the Gemara is because of the mitzvah of Yishav Eretz Yisrael, lo gazer Rabbanan. Chachamim did not impose the gzera. Normally there's an Isra Rabbanan of telling a non-Jew to do work for you on Shabbos. This gzera de Rabbanan, this din de Rabbanan, doesn't apply but I'd like to be a little bit more careful. According to the simple interpretation of the Gemara that I said, a person can do an Easter the Rabbanan. Some, however, feel that this is more than or less than an Easter the Rabbanan because it's actually a Shvus to Shvus. It's a doubled Rabbanan because the writing in this form that the Nanju writes, according to some Rishonim, is only an Isad Rabbanan. The writing itself is only Asamid Rabbanan. And therefore, to tell a, to tell a Nanju is to tell a Nanju, which is an Isad Rabbanan, to do an Isad Rabbanan. So it's a doubled Rabbanan, what we call in Halacha Shvus to Shvus. So some people say that only a Shvus to Shvus is Mutter for Yishavar Yisrael. Other people hold that the Gemara means a, an Isad Rabbanan, one regular Isad Rabbanan, can be overridden for the purpose of Yishuvat Yisrael. Of course, according to the Ramban, this would not teach us anything about other mitzvahs. You wouldn't automatically say that you can transgress an Isra Rabbanan to do a mitzvah, because since Eretz Yisrael is such an important mitzvah, Shkul Eretz Yisrael connected Kol mitzvahs, so all we can learn from here is that such a mitzvah as Eretz Yisrael, a person is allowed to do an Isra Rabbanan, as I said before, some Rishonim think that it's only a shvus to shvus, only a double Rabbanan is permitted. This is important to point out because it's a remarkable thing that Rav Kook felt it necessary to point out that only an Isra Rabbanan, or perhaps only only a double Rabbanan, can be permitted because of Yishev Yisrael. 
Apparently, the fellow who wrote to Rav Cook, Rav Cook responded to him in his Sefer Shelo Tuchivot Mishpat Kohen Siman Kuf Memvav, and it seems from what Rav Cook wrote, what the person who wrote to him had written to Rav Cook. I don't have a record of what that person wrote to Rav Cook, but it just seems from the answer. Rav Cook said to him, it's shocking, it's surprising that anybody would think that you're allowed to do an Issa Doraisa for Yishevar Yisrael. The Gemara only said you're allowed to do an Issa Drabanan, or perhaps even according to some opinions, only a, a, a double Drabanan. But do not possibly imagine that a person could do an Issa Doraisa for the purpose of Yishevar Yisrael. Nevertheless, we see it's a, a, a mitzvah of Yishev Yisrael is a very great mitzvah. And according to the Gemara, because of this mitzvah, Mishum Yishev Yisrael, Lo the simple interpretation of that Gemara would mean because there is a mitzvah of Yishev Yisrael, and that mitzvah would override an Yisad Rabbana. The issue that most people have discussed and will discuss uh, various opinions about is the fact that the Ramam omitted this mitzvah. The Ramban said that it's such an important mitzvah, it's not just the mitzvah, it's one of the most important mitzvahs, one of those that are connected, kola mitzvahs, equivalent to the entire Torah, how could it possibly be that the Rambam did not quote it? Before we even discuss that, we do. We should point out that the Rambam did, did quote this Gemara in Masachas Gitten. The Rambam in Hilchah Shabbos, Perek Vav, Halachach Yud Aleph, says, Halokeach bayis beret Yisrael minagoy, if a person buys a home from a non-Jew in Eretz Yisrael, mutar lo lomar legoy lichtov lo shtar b'Shabbos. He's allowed to tell the guy to write the shtar. Shamir lenachri b'Shabbos asur midivrayim. Since telling a guy to do work, melacha on Shabbos, is only in Yisrael Rabbanan, mishum yishev Eretz Yisrael lo gazru b'davar zeh. Because of the concept of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael, Chacham did not impose a Gezerah. And we know that the Ramam considers Yishuv Eretz Yisrael extremely important. And in, in Hilchas Malachim, in the, the uh, section at the very end of the Mishnah Torah, the Ramam writes uh, a lot about Yishuv Eretz Yisrael, but the one thing that we'll quote right now is in Parakei, Halacha Yud the Ramam says, "La'olam yidar adam beretz Yisrael afilu bi'ishavuba akum." He quotes the Gemara in Ksubis that a person should always la'olam. The, the translation of la'olam is a little bit problematic. I just said it means always. A person should live in Eretz Yisrael afilu bi'ishavuba akum, even in a city which is mostly non-Jewish. Va'yidar b'chutzaretz, he should not live in, a, in outside of Eretz Yisrael afilu bi'ishavuba Yisrael, even if it's a place where most people are, are, are Jewish. And the Ram goes on to explain why the, why this is true. Nevertheless, we see that the Rambam himself, both in Hilchas Malachim, talks is, talks about people living in Eretz Yisrael, and in Hilchas Shabbos he says you're allowed to do an Yisrael Rabbanan to because of. So why is it that the Rambam has omitted this mitzvah? So the interesting point is that the answers range from the opinions that Yishevar Yisrael is not that important and go to the extreme that Eretz Yisrael is so important. Let's explain a little bit of those opinions. Um, there are some people who think that the mitzvah of Arash Masar Shaftim Ba 
might have been a mitzvah at that time, at the time of Yoshua. And when Yoshua comes to Eretz Israel, there's a mitzvah to go into Eretz Israel, not only to go into Eretz Israel, but to conquer Eretz Israel. And as a halachic concept, when we conquered Eretz Israel, we endowed Eretz Israel with Kedusha. Uh, Yoshua was Mekadesh Eretz Israel. He, he somehow uh, uh, proclaimed and designated Eretz Israel as the Holy Land, and Eretz Israel became holy, became Kadosh in a halachic sense from the time of Yoshua. So there are some who think that was true at that time, that was a mitzvah. When it was done at that time, it was a mitzvah. But today, there's no such mitzvah, it doesn't exist at all. And it's a mitzvah, She'enu Noegis Adoros. It's a mitzvah that's not counted in the list of the mitzvahs because it's not an eternal mitzvah. It's a, a temporary mitzvah. Others have said, and really could might not contradict the first opinion, but others have said that according to the Rambam, it's a mitzvah the Rabbanan. There is a mitzvah the Rabbanan of living in Eretz Yisrael, but there's no mitzvah daraisa. That opinion could piggyback on the first opinion. You could say really that in the time of Yeshua was a mitzvah daraisa. However, today... This mitzvah, the rice doesn't apply, but nevertheless, there's an, a mitzvah, the Rabbanan. Those two answers are fairly well known by people who've explained the Sefer Mitzvahs, and have therefore tried to explain the omission of the Rambam of this mitzvah. The extreme point on the other, on the other side, is said in the name of Rav Kook. Rabbi Goren, has actually written this in two different places. But in his book called Torah Shabbat Vamoed, Rav Gorin says that I heard from Rav Kook that the reason that the Rambam omitted this mitzvah is because Eretz Yisrael is included in all the mitzvahs of the Torah and is actually the foundation of the Torah, of the mitzvahs, and therefore it cannot be counted as a separate, unique mitzvah in one of the 600 and 13. Apparently, this is referring to the concept of the Rambam in Sefer HaMitzvahs, that a mitzvah koleles, a general mitzvah, a mitzvah which is somehow the foundation of Torah, the roots of Torah, is not to be counted in the Tama Mitzvahs. For example, the Rambam thinks that if the Torah would tell you to be from, to be religious, the Torah tells you... And the Torah does say such things that occasion. For example, the Torah says, You should serve God. Serve God means doing all the mitzvahs. The Rambam happens to think that serving God, when the Torah told you, to serve God with your heart, it has a specific connotation, namely that of prayer, of tefillah. That's why the Rambam thinks tefillah is a mitzvah daraisa, a daily daily prayer is a biblical requirement. However, had the Rambam not identified ulavda b'cholavavchem with a specific halacha of tefillah, the Rambam would have said this is a general statement which means to be religious. To serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, your whole life should be based upon Avodah Hashem. That's a general concept. It has no specific content. There's no specific thing that a person should do to fulfill this mitzvah. Or, an example can be many places in the Torah. The Torah gave you a general statement of be holy, of be religious, of, of serving God. The Rambam would say that is not a mitzvah because there's no specific content to that mitzvah. The way I explain this mitzvah, this concept of, of a mitzvah klalis, makes it very difficult for me to understand how Rav Kook could possibly have said such a thing. The mitzvah of Yishev Eretz Yisrael, I'm willing to admit 
that it's a foundation of the Torah. In other words, I would say that it's that important a mitzvah that many mitzvahs, and even I could argue that all the mitzvahs of the Torah are contingent upon it. We know the famous opinion, as a matter of fact, that opinion was publicized by the Ramban, that really mitzvahs only apply to Eretz Israel. God's original intent was that Torah should be fulfilled in Eretz Israel. And in Chutz Laretz, we know the famous Ramban, that Ramban made it famous, that calls the Pasuk Hatzivi Lachziyunim, a person should make notations, should make signs, should make marks. And the idea being that in Chutzler, it's the only reason your person really has to keep Torah mitzvahs is to remember and be aware of mitzvahs that when you come to Eretz Israel, they shouldn't be completely new to you. Nobody would really use this Agadic statement for any halachic purposes. But nobody could say that really, really, really in Chutzler, it's a person doesn't have to keep Torah mitzvahs. But conceptually, the idea would be that the real meaning of Torah mitzvahs is in Eretz Yisrael. If that would be true, then every single mitzvah of the Torah is based upon the fact that you of living in Eretz Yisrael. Is that what Rav Kook meant by a mitzvah klali, a general mitzvah? It's true that it's connected to the gamut of Torah mitzvahs in this, con- in this context. But I always felt that the mitzvah of belief in God is more central to Judaism than Yishev Eretz Yisrael notwithstanding the importance of the mitzvah Yishev Eretz Yisrael, notwithstanding the concept of the Ramban, that Shkul Eretz Yisrael, Kenegir Kol HaMitzvah, where the Ramban quotes a Medrash, I don't think my Zionistic credentials are in question when I say that I think that belief in God is a greater fundamental belief in Judaism. And the Ramban does count that as a separate mitzvah. It's not a, belief in God is not a general mitzvah which has no specific content. It has specific content of, namely, belief in God. And therefore, it seems to me that Yishev Eretz Yisrael, even though it is central to Torah mitzvahs, even though it's Shkula Keneged Kala Mitzvahs, but you can't call this a mitzvah klalis because it has a specific content, namely, live and conquer Eretz Yisrael. Interestingly enough, Rav Goren, when he quotes Rav Kook, also sta- explains his astonishment. I always I heard this in the name of Rav Kook many, many years ago, and as soon as I heard it, I didn't understand it, and I was very satisfied to hear, I was very gratified to read that Rav Goren also writes, This reason that's stated in the name of Rav Kook is beyond my comprehension. Because the Ram does count the mitzvah of belief in God as the first mitzvah. And it's certainly a foundation of Judaism. It's only a, a, a included in all Torah mitzvahs the person should do Torah mitzvahs out of belief in God. And nevertheless, it's considered a mitzvah. So Rav Goren did not understand completely Rav Kook's theory. Rav Goren advanced another theory. He quotes the Rambam in Perish HaMishnayis and Chulin to the effect that all the mitzvahs that we do are based upon the Torah as given to us by Moshe at Sinai. Which means, and this is the point the Rambam emphasizes there in Chulin, that we do not fulfill mitzvahs today because they were told to Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov. 
It's true that certain mitzvahs are mentioned in Sefer Breshis. For example, the mitzvah of bris mila. The mitzvah of pruervu, of having children, was originally given to Adam and then in, in Gan Eden and was repeated to Noach after the Mabel. But the Ramam emphasizes we do not fulfill the mitzvahs today of Mila and Pruervu because of the Torah of Sefer Bracious saying these are mitzvahs. Until Moshe Rabbeinu came, until the Torah was given by Sinai, so perhaps there was an obligation to do the mitzvahs that were given to us in Bracious. But when the Torah was given Sinai, a whole new concept develops. And this is Torah Misinai. All the mitzvahs that were said before have to be repeated and restated in order to make them binding upon the Jewish people. And the Ramam says in the introduction, in his Sharashim, in his principles, at the beginning of Sefer Mitzvahs, the Ramam says, he, the text of, quoting the text of the Gemara as he has it, there are various texts, but the Rambam's text in the Gemara in, in Makos, at the end of Makos, the Gemara says, mitzvos, There are 613 mitzvahs that were given to Moshe B'Sinai. So the Rambam in the Sefer Mitzvahs lists off the 613 mitzvahs that were delivered to Moshe B'Sinai. Rav Gorin argues in a brilliant tour of the force, Rav Gorin says that the mitzvah of Yishev Eretz Yisrael was given before the Torah. The reason we have to live in Eretz Yisrael is because it's the promised land given to Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. And he points out the Torah many times, when the Torah talks about coming to Yaakov. Come, inherit the land which HaKadosh Baruch promised to our forefathers, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. The Torah many, many times, in connection with Eretz Yisrael, refers to Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. So he said, the reason we fulfill this mitzvah is because it was really given to the Avos. And therefore, it's not to be included among the 613 mitzvahs. According to Rav, Kuk's, to Rav Goren's theory, there really are 614 mitzvahs. There are 613 mitzvahs that were given to Moshe Messinai. And there was another mitzvah that preceded Matan Torah. And it's the only one. It's the only mitzvah that came before. To be honest, I find this interpretation rather strange also. The Ramah's principle is that what we were given before Matan Torah is not binding. It's not just that it... It's not just a coincidence that these mitzvahs were repeated when we came in, when we got the Torah from Moshe Sinai. He claims that it's not binding once the Torah was given. All the laws that were given before wouldn't be binding. If the only reason we have to live in Eretz Israel is because of Avraham, Mitzvah, and Yaakov, then it really would not be binding today. Furthermore, the mitzvahs that were given to Avraham, Mitzvah, and Yaakov and repeated... So, they certainly could be explained to be that the repetition is the Chiyav mitzvah, As the Ramban says, this Pasuk, in, in the end of, of Matos Masai, the Torah says, inherit the land, that seems to be clear to be a statement of mitzvah. Now, if you hold that this mitzvah is no heges ladaros, you hold it's an eternal mitzvah, it's, not, it's a mitzvah daraisa, why argue with the Ramban? Why say it's not a mitzvah that was given after the time of Moshe Rabbeinu? So I find this reason also difficult. I'd like to suggest another answer given by Rav Gershuni in his Sefer called Sofayich. Rav Gershuni was a student of Rav Kook and very involved with modern halachic issues, 
great religious Zionist who lived in America for many years and then came back to live in Eretz Yisrael. And he has the, another theory which is based upon an idea that I've already suggested two weeks ago in a shiur on KMTT. Two weeks ago, the shiur was about the concept of Tzah Balichayim. The issue of not causing pain or relieving pain of animals. At that point, I tried to explain that the mitzvah of Yishuv of, of Tzar Balichayim, or the concept of Tzar Balichayim, might not be what we would call a classic mitzvah. It's not written in the Torah, so any place specifically that you're not allowed to do this, or you have to do this. The, we, I quoted a Radvaz to the effect that the concept of Tzar was there's no specific love. There's no specific assay. It's just a value that the Torah meant. Rav Gershuni explains that every single nation wants a homeland. In order to be identified with your nationality, it makes sense that a national homeland should be established. Rav Gershuni explained it in a way that the Torah does not always feel necessary to tell us certain laws which are so obvious, which are so humanitarian, which are so built into the human psyche that they go without saying. For example, it says the Torah never told you to eat when you're hungry or to drink when you're thirsty. Because this is what a normal person would do. The concept of doing things that are built within human personality is also found in another context completely. The Meshechachma, Rabbi Meir Simcha, explained that there is a mitzvah of pruervu. There's a mitzvah of procreating. But men were given this mitzvah. We paskin, although it's a machlokes in the Mishnah, in the Mishnah, we paskin that we follow the opinion that women are not obligated in the mitzvah of pruervu. It's obvious that a man needs a woman to fulfill the mitzvah of pruervu, but nevertheless, men are commanded and women are not commanded. The reason for this is speculation. The Torah can be interpreted to mean that women are not commanded. But the Torah did not say a specific reason why women would not be commanded in this mitzvah. Rav Meir Simcha and his Meshachachma has a few explanations why women may not be commanded upon this mitzvah. One of them, he said, is there's no need to command a woman in this mitzvah. The maternal instinct is so strong in women that women want to have children. Apparently, the maternal instinct was felt to be much stronger than the paternal instinct, and therefore the mitzvah was given to mankind, to men, that they should have children. Perhaps they don't feel that it's so important to them to have children, and therefore the Torah felt it necessary to tell them to do it. But women need not be commanded upon this mitzvah. It somehow 
internalized within womanhood the desire to have children. Therefore, it need not be mentioned. Interestingly enough, there are other sources of mitzvahs, of ideas, that the Torah never commanded us to do because somehow they seem to be self-understood. Another example might be the Ramban in the beginning of Mishpatim says that there is no biblical obligation for a husband to support his wife. In that particular issue, he disagrees with the Rambam. The Rambam explains that there's a biblical requirement to support one's wife, and the Rambam interprets that to mean both clothing, both food, and both sexual rights, and all sexual rights are commanded upon men to take care, give administer properly to their wives, but the Ramban says there's no such mitzvah of supporting wives. And the Ramban says in the beginning of Mishpatim, the Torah understood that a normal human being gets married, a normal person will support his wife. In cases where normalcy doesn't apply, and we did enter a situation where a husband would not support his wife, the Ramban is aware that Rabbanon imposed a law that a man should support his wife. But really, that's not the intent of the Torah. The Torah did not intend to command a person to do something which is built into his psyche, which is self-understood, which a person should do because it's the right thing to do. Rav Gershuni applied this idea to the myths of Yishevar Yisrael. The Rambam need not write it's a mitzvah because it's some inalienable right of a nation to have a country. It's obvious that the people of that nation should live in Eretz Israel, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu meant for that to happen. We talked about an erech of the Torah, a value of the Torah, which not not need be necessarily a specific mitzvah. But it's an erech, it's a value. This theory would say that the Rambam would say that Yishevar Yisrael is undoubtedly a value. And that's why the Rambam did wax eloquent in the end of in Hilchas Malachim where he talks about living in Yisrael and explains why it's so important. He also would say that a person is allowed to do an Isad Rabbanan in order to fulfill this Erech. If there would be no mitzvah at all of living in Yisrael, it would be difficult to say that a person could do an Isad Rabbanan for the purpose of Yishev Yisrael. If you say that it's a mitzvah daraisa, then it's somehow more logical to think that a person could do an Isad Rabbanan to fulfill a mitzvah daraisa. But two weeks ago we saw that even if Tzar Balei is only an erech, it's only a value, it's not a mitzvah per se, but it's a value of the Torah, nevertheless it can override an Isad Rabbanan of Shabbos. So we saw here that Yishev Yisrael is a very great value, at least it's a great value, and therefore it can override the mitzvah, the Yisod Rabbanan of Shabbos. Our basic topic has been to explain the reason why the Rambam omitted the mitzvah of Yishev Yisrael. The Ramban not only counted as a mitzvah, but he emphasized that it's one of the most important mitzvahs in the Torah. The Rambam omitted this mitzvah. We've explained a variety of opinions, ranging from those that there's no mitzvah at all of Yishev Eretz Yisrael, that maybe it's only a mitzvah 
at the time of Yoshua, maybe it's a mitzvah de Rabbanan, to the extreme that Yeshua Israel is so important a mitzvah, such an important mitzvah, that therefore it need not be counted. It cannot be counted because it's, it's not one of the mitzvahs, it's the foundation of the mitzvah. And somehow in the middle, I brought the opinion of Rav Gershuni that it is a mitzvah according to the Rambam, but perhaps we could count it more of an erech, more of a value, than a mitzvah. And therefore, it certainly is important, certainly the Rambam would endorse living in Eretz Yisrael, and he would ex- explain that the, all the laws about Eretz Yisrael, even though he would not count it in the million ha-mitzvahs. You have been listening to Rabbi Yamin Tavori, the Halacha of the Week, the Mitzvah of the Week for Pashat Matot Masei. And for today's Midrash, we begin the Midrashim from uh, Matot Masei. In the beginning of the Pasha, after the opening uh, section dealing with uh, Nidarim and Shvuot, we have the Koshbochus command to Moshe Rabbeinu to wage war against, against Midian. And the Midrash comments as follows. The command that Hashem gave to Moshe was Nekom Nikmat B'nei Yisrael Hamidyanim Achar Te'asef El Amecha When Moshe Rabbeinu speaks to B'nei Yisrael and tells them to prepare for war Moshe says we're going to have to take soldiers in order to have Latet Nikmat Hashem B'midyan So the Midrash says that on the one hand HaKadosh Baruch Hu Amar Nikmat B'nei Yisrael HaKadosh Baruch Hu called the action, the military action against Midian, Nikmat B'nei Yisrael, the vengeance of the Jews. Moshe Amar, Nikmat Hashem. Moshe called the same action, the vengeance of God. Amar HaKadosh Baruch Lahem, God said to the Jews, Eino Ela Diku Shelachem, it's, it's your elbon, it's your shame and disgrace and insult. You're taking vengeance on the fact that you have been insulted, you have been affronted by the Midianim. Why? Because the end result of the story with Midian that took place two weeks ago was that you were punished by God. God punished you because they led you into sin. So the end result was that you suffered and therefore it's your vengeance, your revenge from Midian. Amar Moshe, Moshe said the other way around, Ribon Alamim. If we weren't Jews, if we were uncircumcised or idolaters or people who had no mitzvot, there would be no war. They wouldn't hate us. The reason why there's tension and conflict and persecution and antagonism between non-Jews and the Jews is because we're Jews, because we bear your name and do your mitzvot and worship you. The whole problem arises, so to speak, problem in quotation marks, the whole problem arises because of Torah and Mitzvot. And therefore our revenge is your revenge. It's revenge of the of the Torah. So it's not only that each side, God and the Jews, God and Moshe Rabbeinu, thought of the of the other. But look at the reason. The reason it's 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 a twist within a twist. The reason why God calls it Nikmat B'nei Yisrael is because the actions of Midian led God to hurt the Jews, to punish the Jews. 
The reason why the Jews call it Nikmat Hashem is because the fact that Midian was hurting the Jews was because of God's name in their midst. In other words, both of them, both God and the Jews, actually look at themselves, but they perceive the their own involvement as hurting the other. The fact that God punished the Jews, that's what causes the entire story to be an insult and injury to the Jews. The fact that the Jews were hurt is perceived by the Jews to be a, an affront and an injury to God. God is looking, of course, at the end result, and the Jews are looking, are looking at, the, at the cause. And of course, this changes the nature of the word vengeance and revenge, nikama. According to God's view of it, it indeed is, is to return hurt to hurt. The Jews were hurt by the actions of Midian, and therefore Midian should be hurt by the actions of the Jews. But from the Jewish perspective, from the perspective of Moshe Rabbeinu and Am Yisrael, it wasn't that God was hurt by the actions of Midian. It's that God's name was, so to speak, desecrated. The fact the, the reason why they attacked the Jews was because deep down at the root of the problem is their antagonism to Tuktuksha, to the presence of God, holiness and sanctity in the world. And therefore, revenge on Midian is a Kiddush Hashem. It's, it's, it's showing that Shem Hashem is here to stay, the Torah and Mitzvot are here to stay. And those who will rise up, not so much against the physical uh, presence of the Jews, the physical prosperity of the Jews, but those who rise up against the presence of God within the Jews, so from them, vengeance has to be, has to be exacted. Okay, that's it for today. You've been listening to KMTT, weekly shir of Harav Tavori, the weekly mitzvah, together with a few minutes midrash from the parsha, the daily midrash, and this has been KMTT broadcasting from Gush Etzion. I want to remind everybody, it's a very, very difficult time. Today was a difficult day, a very difficult day for the Jews of Eretz Israel. There is, in fact, a war being waged. Everyone should take a few minutes to add a prayer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to be with Am Yisrael at this time. Linkam Nikmat Hashem Midian. We just said about Midian is true about the war as well. It's both the vengeance of the Jewish people and of God's name as well. Nekash should help us, Laman Shemo, for his own sake and for our sake, and for the sake of uh, the Brit, the covenant with Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. We should all be blessed with Shalom and with peace in Eretz Yisrael and in the whole world. This has been KMTT. We'll see you tomorrow, the Shia of Harav Tarragon, the Essentials of Avodat Hashem. And until then, Kol Tov, Bebakata Torah, Mitzion, Ki Mitzion Teitzei Torah, Udvar Hashem Mi Yerushalayim.